All right, you ready? Hello and welcome to Three Friends in a Book. We're back. Summertime. I am Holly and I am joined as always by my friends. In no particular order, Caroline. Whatever. <laughs> Best for last. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, I'm glad to see, be back with y'all at the pod table. It's been a minute. And Janine is with us, as always. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> what are y'all been up to? Summerin'. It is July 26th. Lots of summerin'. We start school in two weeks. What is that about? I can't even talk about it. I have anxiety about all the stuff I need to do. Okay. That I'm not doing. That I'm choosing not to do. <laughs> that we're here I'm, in the podcast studio. <laughs> I am going to miss... In, in in its way, I'm trying to make my brain understand the beauty of a time to work and a time to play. And I really like to work. Once we're working and things are going, I like that. But I will miss the lots of sitting around and <laughs> reading and watching and just playing board games and all the stuff just the whole mode of summer and everything that comes with it. I'm not going to lie. This is giving me anxiety. Yeah. Like literally my chest started. It right. will happen really fast. <laughs> but I will miss it too. I've worked less this summer than I have worked in the summer in a long, long time. And it has been wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And Good. that's great. But you've still worked a lot. I've worked. I mean, I honestly haven't that much. Okay. Just truly. Like. I have, um, yeah, just kind of let myself fall into a super lazy summer, and um, it's been great. Good. I've enjoyed it very, very much. I, I also will miss, like, well, my big thing is I sleep late. Like, in the summer, I'll never get up before 10. I find that I have to. so wonderful. We were had talked about going to yoga a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and I think you texted me at... 11 30 yeah yoga was at noon i had You're just like, gotten i just woke up. up and i was like what <laughs> yeah but i stay up really late too like i won't go to bed till like two. Oh my word what are you a teenager i slip back into that very <laughs> very easily and very quickly yeah. and i love it yeah okay all right yeah we also read a lot of books we'll talk about stuff that we've been reading and watching yeah. at the end when we kind of talk about that. Um, but we all three read Angie Thomas's book. Her second. This is her second book, right? Did you have any before? I don't think that so. you give? Um, on the Come Up. So we read that book um, a little bit ago. So now we're here and we're going to talk about it. I watched. We all read The Hate You Give a long time ago. Did we pot on that? I don't think so. But... um fantastic i mean i remember flying through it and our school read it together this past year right yes yeah. i think we did summer reading last we did it for summer reading last year is that right i think it was an option to do it you did for um the whole minority lit oh, yeah. oh right for one of right. your classes is that the right Maybe. name of your class it's it is minority voices, voices. in american literature I'm, I'm, i need to change it that's a topic for another day but 
so they they read it yes. and the rest of the all school read was turtles remember Ew. last year right. um, but, but there was a group of students who got together and read it and we had a fireside chat about it and then mm-hmm. we went to see the whole you senior took, class went you took a to group the of students yeah to see the movie i just watched the movie a couple of weeks ago that's why i was bringing it up um after oh reading, you didn't go with us mm-hmm. oh like i had an appointment after reading on the come up I was on HBO Go and I saw it on there and I decided to to watch it. It's really good. Gotcha. Um, So we decided since we love the hate you give so much in the movie that we were going to read her second novel on the come up, which there are like it's set in the same place in Garden Heights and the murder in um, the hate you give is kind of in the background of this book. It's talked about um, as part of the context of, of 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 this book. Yeah, the whole um, scene, the whole looting scene, Mm -hmm. the whole, what's the word I'm looking for? The riot? Riot, thank you. What what should we talk about first? We don't want to talk about first. With on the come up. Janine? I am faltering for where to start. Um there's so many things I love about this book in the way the way that it tells a story about something I don't know a whole lot about. So I love learning the history of rap, rap through yeah. it. Like I, yeah. I think that is super fun, and um, I, I think that a lot of kids, a lot of the high school readers here, are just gonna really enjoy that and be able to you know look back on that and there there is there was enough of it that i am familiar with that there was some really great stuff from our high school era you know to to kind of connect with um love a good story about a mom um mom who is certainly not perfect Mm -hmm. but ultimately does a lot of things right in this book i think um so we could talk about Jada. We could. Um, I don't. I don't even know where. So I love the brother. The characters are so great in this book. The whole. It all feels very real. The what's happening. The church scenes when they go to church with her grandmother oh, yeah. and she has to like make her choices about where she's going to sit. So obviously my head's spinning a little bit about where to start. So I might not be the person to ask about. Where did well, let's talk about the mom. Let's start there because yeah. because um, in our pre pod we didn't bring this up, but one of the one of the coolest moments, if we're just talking family relationships, one of the coolest moments that I enjoyed was when she starts calling her mom mom again. I didn't like that too because I was confused at first because her mom's name is Jay, that's what, and that's what call, she called her mom for a long time because her mom has a history of addiction, drug abuse, and was in rehab for a long time and kind of literally abandoned the kids, dropped them off at grandma's house. Yes. And so for a long time, and she remembers that scene. Like she remembers her mom dropping her off and her mom leaving. And she remembers seeing her mom at a park too, mm-hmm. strung out. Mm-hmm. And so she called her She Jade. has nightmares. She, she still has nightmares about the day her mom oh. left her. And so she called her Jay. And that was a great scene when she finally transitioned to calling her mom. That was great. And it was not just because um, of the changes that Brianna had gone through, but Jay becomes a, a, a mom again. She does. Like in a, it, on, on one hand, she, she had 
once she had her children back, she'd always acted like a mother in that she cared for them and she did her best for them and she tried to provide for them and she was strict and they uh, respected her. And, you know, so she did all the kinds of mom things in that way. But she um, would retreat to her bedroom for days. You know, she she was still dealing with her own demons yeah. and that was getting in the way of her doing whatever ultimate sacrifices it takes to for her to really listen to her kids and really try and figure help them figure out what's best for them and and to teach them the more important lessons instead of I'm your mom this is what I'm supposed to say kind yeah. of thing and Caroline and I talked about that before we started recording (laughs) just what we you know just struggling with some of her decisions that she made of retreating to a bedroom for three days in the dark at a time when her kids really needed her and really were reminded about that's what her mom used to do when she was strung out she would go to the bedroom and stay there for days of her not doing in that moment what her kids needed but maybe that's what she needed to do in that moment to you know that was a boundary that she needed to set for herself for her to be okay um, so I did, I judged her a little bit in that moment, but then also can understand that maybe that's what she needed at that time. Yeah, like maybe. In order to be okay for her kids. Maybe if we did something similar, we would be in much better shape now. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking about myself. <laughs> but if we went to a better. Oh, maybe that's what I should do. <laughs> Retreat oh, to a better room for three days. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a oh, relatively no. healthy choice yes. overall. Yeah. But um, she also helps, <laughs> she also helps um, Bree and and she really helps Bree, going back to what Janine was saying, evolve. And part of Bree's decision to start calling her mom mom again has to do with what her mom has become to her and all of that. But I think it also is super symbolic of Bree's evolution in the story and her her realization. Remember she has that realization where she's like she knew her mom was off drugs. But she did not realize that it was a daily, a daily struggle or a daily strength, you know, choice kind of thing. And she, she has a moment, I can't remember who she's talking about, but she has a moment where she realizes like, oh, it's, um, it's the, it's the, um, superintendent, the conversation with the superintendent after the meeting, oh, yeah. remember he says, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Oh, wow. I really admire your strength and that blah, 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 blah. And in that moment, um, Bree has this kind of realization where she's like, oh, I never really thought about it that way that this is a struggle for her. So she evolves a lot over the course of the story so that in the end, some, she, she, some of that resentment, she's able to set some of the resentment aside and see her mom as a human, yeah. you know, who is, who just is doing the best she can. Yeah. And part of that, I think is why she starts calling her mom, mom again. And I think that's really cool. Like, I think it's, that's such a, such a um, adult kind of, moment you know in 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 any anyone's lives where you you start to understand yourself is not the center and mm-hmm. I think a lot of the mistakes Brie makes in the beginning of the book 
is just because she's young oh, yeah. and immature mm-hmm. and she only can see only see herself as the center. Yeah. But by the end of the book, she has all these experiences that help her just start to see like decisions people make don't necessarily have anything to do with me. Yeah. It's interesting because at the, the early parts of the book, one of the times that she's in trouble, she's sitting in the principal's office and there's a the, the sign in the principal's office says, you, you know, you can't change what other people do. You can only change how you react to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and she thinks, I forgot about no, that. I, no, I can't. You know, I, that's not possible. And, and I think this is maybe a, a way of looking at that and seeing the way we tell people that a lot yeah. as teachers. And, you, you know, that is something that's I've, I've heard many times over the years since becoming parents, a teacher yeah. and a parent. Um, and so there is truth in it, but it is not wholly true either. And sort of picking that apart and figuring out exactly what that means. Um, I mean, cause, yes, ultimately, it is 100% true. But what does that what do you give up when you choose not to react is is something or when you choose to react mm-hmm. um ultimately becomes what this book is about i think yeah mm-hmm. and then not until the end does brie understand because of her mom that she ultimately gets to choose who she is like and um, that she she will get to tell that story if she makes up her mind to do that, and it doesn't have to be what um, the record producers telling yeah. her to do or the the guy she, what was the guy who she had as her manager I've Supreme. lost Supreme. Supreme. She doesn't have to do it his way, which you know he has his own way of coping or managing, and um, so I, I think that's pretty pretty cool. It does come back to. Janine, you had you had said a long time ago when I had just kind of started the book, something about um, Bree's impatience, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like I just had a thought about that. Just what Bree's mom does at the end of the book is this, in the choices she makes that she hadn't been able to make before. I don't know if you, if the right word is like buy it buys her time like in Bree's mind now things aren't so desperate you know things mm-hmm. were so desperate oh, yeah. that she felt like she had to hurry up mm-hmm. and fix it now yeah. mm-hmm. and and in her situation you wouldn't you can't look far enough forward right when you don't have food and you don't have electricity and your mom's dropped out of college your brother can't get a job like you're yeah they're in a very desperate situation and that desperation causes her to make some very like hurried up choices and so at the end with the whole like tell her story her way it's going to require a lot of patience on her Mm -hmm. part Mm -hmm. but she couldn't she didn't you know part of that's maturity and part of its situation i guess Mm -hmm. because she saw that as their only way out like she was like this is it this is it for not me but also my family and I've got to do these things now. And someone in the neighborhood had just, you know, gotten a deal mm-hmm. and made a lot of money. Yeah. And so it looked like something that was real, real and viable and super doable. Especially her. once her song went viral. Like that was, or her, even the battle clip went viral. She saw like a glimmer of it. Like, oh, it's like it's attainable. Mm-hmm. And knowing that something is attainable when you're in that desperate situation makes you even more 
desperate to get yeah because you're impatient anyway when you're a kid right like Mm -hmm. you want to hurry up and whatever um but then realizing she's good at it yeah Yeah. she's such Mm -hmm. a talented she's so talented with words Mm -hmm. and it's and it is cool it's always i've one of the things i've always liked about rap music is the um the telling people how great you are aspect of it, I think is so fun. And I think it's great when people recognize something in themselves, like you recognize something that you're good at and and you, you, instead of, um, because she knew it too. She knew she was good. She just had to get up there and do it. Instead of shying away mm-hmm. from being proud of it, you double down and say, "I'm good at this. I'm supposed to do it." Yes. But also, but what that builds also is stress and like, okay, if I don't do this in time, I'm I'm not I'm not going to fulfill my gift or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So that led to some desperation too. I think. Um, but how frustrating for her brother, you know, and but also what a good guy to like, if I need to sling pizzas, I'm going to sling pizzas because that's what you do. Yeah. I love him. He's my favorite character in the whole in the whole story. Why? I don't know. Talk he, more about that. He just um, he I guess just because he, you know, was doing what he needed to do to be a contributing member of his family even though he had you know he he was being selfless yes, like that's probably i so. guess that's why you know because you're and he was just funny like he was just fun and funny and he was a psychology major right so he's always like Oh, psychoanalyzing was, yes. people and um but not over the top with it i, I just thought he was like he labeled Bree as what um defiant disorder oh and something else I, yeah positional yeah. defiant yeah and you know i just think he was he was just a lovable character for me in the scene where they talk about you know, she feels so guilty. She feels so guilty because she's younger and she feels like he had to raise her. Yeah. And she hasn't really done anything for him, which is another reason motivating her yeah. impatience with the choices she's making is she really wants to make this money so that she he can go back to school and get his... His master's. His he master's. Got into grad school. And, yeah. you know, she wants to do that for him. She feels like she's never done any, been able to do anything yeah. for him and that this is her chance. And when he sits on the floor and he tells her, you know, you don't understand. You've given me just as much as I've given you. Taking care of you saved me. He says, if I hadn't had you to take care of and go through the experiences with mom with, yeah. I would have probably ended up just like Aunt Pooh. Mm-hmm. But because I had you... You know, I didn't. So thank you. You look what you've already done for me. And that's a big moment for her, too, because it takes this burden off her, I think, where she feels where she just recognizes, you know, her value. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that's sweet. Like, I just that's a sweet thing for an older brother to say to a younger sister. And um, he's just he's just a sweet guy. I love him. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I love him. I'm glad he found a, I'm glad he found love. He did. Mm-hmm. Found love at the pizza. And grandma was nice to place. the 
his girlfriend. Like mm-hmm. I just that all of that was all just really sweet to me. I loved it. Yeah. It was a nice balance. It was a nice little thread in the story to kind of balance out all the lots of ugliness. Yeah. You know. Just a just something I was thinking about grandma and I was thinking about her relationship with Jay and how you know, Grandma has lots of reasons not to like Jay. Um, she dropped her kids and Grandma's uh, driveway. But how... To go be a crackhead. To go be a crackhead. Yeah. But how how strong was that decision even on Jay's part? I mean, there's a lot of ways to make that go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, and so, I don't know, I was just thinking about that. Even that shows a little bit of Jay's strength from the beginning. Um, even though it's a horrible thing, I think it's better than many alternatives. And then I was thinking about, did, I wonder if the grandmother did respect that decision at all. What she, you know, how much of her feelings were about um, Jay's life choices after her husband died, after grandma's son died. Um, but then on the other hand, grandma was kind of just a mean lady, she was. You, know? <laughs> you, you know, just, just an opinionated, not fully mean, like I, I might know some grandmas like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, what didn't, were we told that she didn't, um, like they lived in the house kind of on the edge of the projects that didn't really look yeah. like it belonged in the projects. And so she was, grandma was just a little uppity. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and judgmental, and I think just of an of an age where I don't know. I'm not suggesting that my mother in law is like that. I, I just want to be clear about that. Not that <laughs> she would ever get hold of this. That's not what I mean. But <laughs> if you look further back mm-hmm. into the grandmas on both on all the sides of my family, um, grandmas have changed a lot in it, over the years. As far as as far as I understand them. My, um, I just think the idea of, I don't know, I don't know. So I just recognized that grandma and yeah. some grandmas that I've known. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think to the whole like mother of the son, mm-hmm. oh, really? not thinking that the girl the son marries is good enough. Is that what you're going to be like? I sure hope not. <laughs> if I start talking like that, y'all need to talk me down. <laughs> I hope not, but maybe. I mean, I guess it depends. <laughs> Gus will love no one but me forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> right? There's that. Like, there's that. <laughs> I kind of was thinking about that. Like, not really, because they're kids and all of that. But when we were driving yesterday in the car, and Reed's girlfriend is sitting up front with me. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to, like, chit-chat with this, you know, 17-year-old kid who's loves my kid yes. <laughs> you know what I mean like I did have a couple of flash forward moments where like what's what's it gonna be like all anyway all of that but I think that I thought was really was really funny I would imagine if this becomes a movie she'll be a super comical character yeah. in that regard yeah um you know but but then her reluctance to just love Jay even after she's back and she has earned her kids back, yeah. you know, her reluctance to just be soft about it. Like maybe just her inability to be soft about it. And, and what was it Jay said? She had a talk with grandma 
and they we don't really get a whole lot of insight about that conversation right Mm-mm. no but wouldn't you like to have heard that conversation mm-hmm. because like what was it i would re- i really kind of want to know like what was it that finally made grandma you know just be like okay was it maybe it was that they're coming back to her so now Probably. she has some control or she's more you know mm-hmm. involved again and she might maybe think she, about it she raised the kids yeah. you know then the mom comes back takes the kids away and then they come over there and they don't have electricity and so so she kind of sees what the kids are living in and knows she could give them better yeah. but also knows that's their mom i mean you know like that at one point made the kids choose like, oh yeah, you're gonna come with me. You're gonna come with me, and they're like, "No, it's we're granddaddy." Not. Granddaddy is the one who says they're old enough to choose for themselves. Yeah. And he, I like Granddaddy too. Mm-hmm. I feel like Trey must take after Granddaddy. <laughs> he seems reasonable. Yeah. So we ended with some hope when they moved back in, and seemed like things were gonna be. And who's okay. the who's the star that tweets about Bree's song at the end of the book? Don't you want to know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Who is it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it's Cardi B. Because I love me some Cardi B. Or Beyonce. Could be Beyonce. I guess I, I would accept that. You would? <laughs> Beyonce's probably in the long run better. Would be better. I, mean, I was thinking Cardi like B's cray cray, but <laughs> I do love her. Who did? Nicki she, Minaj. Yeah, that's, yeah. She, because, you know, when she in. Um, Curtis are listing their favorite, their favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. She likes it, even though they have beef with each other, she loves them both, Cardi right. B and Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> I do, too. I love them both. I've always said that. They should love each other. <laughs> I, I did not know about the beef. I just know from a pop culture podcast that I listen to, oh, they yeah. talk about they Team Cardi beef. and Team Nicki. Yeah. All right, so I feel like we, we've we covered a lot of the family stuff, like family evolution, Jay as a mom, Brianna as a daughter, the grandmother, and that acceptance. Do you guys want to jump into Brie as the artist and her evolution as the, as the rapper and the expectations put on her um, and her reaction? You know, we've talked about her reactions to things, but a lot of it was a, reacted, a reaction to her mother, right? Um, and so it's some of the choices that she made. So the song. She, yeah. We could start maybe. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, maybe if we dig into the song a little bit, that got her. That is the crux. You know, the title of the book comes oh from God. the song. Um, and it, you know, most people hear the song and think of here the violence in it and mm-hmm. there's all this talk about um it is strapped like a backpack wasn't that yeah. part of it mm-hmm. yeah. and so is she suggesting that sh- she is headed towards this violent life is she just posing as someone who has that life um but taken in context it's much more about the kinds of things that she has been dealing with all along at school. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think you mentioned She was this. tackled to the ground by security guards. She had been caught into the office over and over again. Um, being labeled as a, like a 
a smart aleck, a troubled kid. Because if she says something snarky in class, there's a line in the book about it, and I think Caroline pointed it out before we started recording today. You know, if she says something snarky in class, Mm -hmm. she gets sent to the office. There's a greater level of threat when it comes from her mouth. But when it comes from a white kid's mouth, the teacher does not feel as threatened, and so the kid might get, you know... uh, don't talk to me that way or you know like a verbal reprimand from the teacher or nothing at all like she the minority students clearly saw how the minority students were treated compared to the white kids Um, and it culminated in when she was trying to bring candy into the school they thought she had a gun and they literally tackled her to the ground um Candy that she was bringing to sell yeah. so that she'd have extra money for her household. That yeah. was kind of her way of contributing to the household. She was trying, she was saving. I think initially she was oh, saving for right. her shoes. She was right. She was saving for the boots. Yeah. Which boots. is a really big deal. Like these shoes right. play a really, are a really big deal. Yeah. Timberland, Timberland. boots. Mm-hmm. And she's got some knockoff ones that are falling apart yeah. over the course of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. She's sa- trying to save money by selling candy. Pooh gives her, Pooh buys the candy for her and gives it to her and lets her keep what she makes from it. And then, um, and then um, Supreme gives her some real Timberlands Mm -hmm. as kind of a bribe to get her to play along with what he wants her to do. And so that the song is a lot about that. It's about her experiences in her neighborhood, in her school. And so taken out of context, it sounded, people took it as much more violent than it was. And Supreme tells her, you know, don't let people think you're living the life, but mm-hmm. but you but you don't have to. Yeah. Don't don't really get caught up. Your dad got caught up. Don't be like him. And that's the way Supreme thinks that the world is working, and that that's what he thinks that Brianna should do. Because um, that's what's going to sell. That's going to be what makes her the money and makes her successful. Is people thinking that she is a the hoodlum yeah. or uh, thug, thug, which is what she's been called a couple of times throughout the book. Yeah, and he knows that Supreme knows that. Like he took her into that studio for that interview, knowing that that guy would push her buttons, and she lived up to that expectation. He knew that she would pop off the way that she did. You have the song. Yeah, well, I was just because she what she says at some point is um, in the song. So she so she claims that she doesn't live that life or claim that life, but because that's what's expected of her, she writes in. In fact, part part of the lyrics in the song that she that she later is explaining are, "You think I'm a thug? Well, I'll claim it." Mm-hmm. And then she talks about the Glock cocking it and aiming it, and you know, you think I'm a threat? You think I bang? You think I slang? Um, you know. It, and anyway, so she so what she ends up writing about is where she says, "Remember, she's explaining this lyric." She says, "I think to hype." She says, if a cop come at me, I'll be lawless like my papa for not to take solace in my good hood, good in my hood going hard in my honor. And so she it's like she's she's 
she later says, I'm not talking about shooting a cop, no. but I'm talking about that they that people look at me and think that's what I want to do or that's what I'm going to do or that's what the expectation is that yeah. I'm a part of this life that hates cops and, you know, that, that kind of thing. So I think it's um, – I think – the social commentary obviously is a, you know, really important part. For sure. Probably the mo- most important part of the novel and this social commentary that, you know, there are stigmas surrounding certain, you know, groups of people. In this case, black and brown people um, that make it very difficult for them to have the opportunity to live the life they want to live. So her options of, to get out of the projects seem very limited. Mm-hmm. She can go to the white school, the white rich school, and yeah. get an education. But even there... She's treated differently, but even... even she's treated differently, but even Trey did that. And Trey right. went to college, and he can't get a job. Right. He's slinging pizzas. Right. So when she sees, you know, Trey did what her, you know, this is what her mom said, you got, this is the way out, he's still in it. Right. And so she sees that, and then she also sees rap as a way out. Right. And like at school, even, I mean, even at the school that says, you know, they're welcome in these black and brown students, very clearly racial profiling. Mm-hmm taking place all of the time so when she wants to rap about the reality of her world she's seen as being what confrontational troublemaker oppositional oppositional and she points out it's not just because um uh, she's black but it's also because she is a girl yes that it's you somehow worse because she is a girl, that the expectations of her are that she's so much worse. Because the girls are not expected, should not act that way. Yeah. Right. So, I just, I, I, the conversation that that part of the book, I think, is meant to start or continue is really important. Um, It's not an easy one. It's not. No. It's not, and it's, I think, it, I don't, I'm sure for y'all, it, it hits very close to home, the school stuff, um, you know, given that we work in a place that's very much like the school where she goes. And um, so it, I don't know, really, that part of it really hit home for me. Yeah, I mean, and this is... Um We didn't invent the problems. We didn't invent this social construct, but we are very much a part of it. And our choices can either work toward making things better Mm -hmm. or not. And so making making good decisions um, is... So important to me, but but it's again maybe the patience aspect is important here too. 
for uh, for us to know oh, about. Oh yeah. I think yeah, I think yes. I also struggle with you know, I feel like this book and I feel like the hate you give these books are important books to read. And they bring up really good conversations. But I also know a lot of people in my life who would never read books like this and who don't believe in this conversation that she is continuing. In, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So who, let's talk who about. don't believe, who, who would see her situation and think, it's easy, just go get education. Right. Like, what's your problem? Right. Like, don't believe in racial profile racial profiling believe that they that people sometimes have more of a choice like in the hate you give the one kid who did turn to selling drugs he was like in that moment in his life he was like that was my only way out Mm -hmm. and it's hard to understand how that was his only way out well so and that's the character of aunt Pooh in this book put on your bootstraps pull them up you know like what are her options yeah um, does she have choices? She has some choices. And Jay tells her that when they go visit her in jail, you know, they have that conversation. But Jay chooses to leave her there because she believes in that moment that that's the only way for Pooh to see that maybe she does have some choices that she wasn't aware that she had. Yeah. But still, like, I know that I cannot fully understand there's so much of that I can't fully understand because I have never lived in such oh yeah in, in such poverty. Like I don't, I I really struggle with myself to try to understand mm-hmm. that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not articulating myself very well, but I just think that I think just like. First, as, as I was reading the book, it was easy for me to judge the mom for some of the choices that she made, like going into the bedroom. You're like, I would never do that. And I think it's easy for uh, uh, some of the people that I know, some people in my family to, to judge people in those communities who, you know, make some of the choices that they make. Am I making sense? I feel like I'm not articulating myself well. No, I mean, you both are. It's just um, that kind of, it's hard for... It's hard for people to have empathy. For that kind of desperation. For that you, kind of desperation. If you've, never, if you've never been in it. Yeah. Um, and... And that's why it's important. Like, we think about, you know, the quote that we always talk about when we read these books. It's important for us to have these conversations so we can learn what it means to be human, not just for me as a 40-year-old white middle-class mom, but to understand other perspectives, other cultures, other people, and what they might be dealing with that I have no idea about. And that's why it's important to read literature. <laughs> yep. Word. And that's why it's important for these books. Not just for 
but for people in the in in the like, people who would look at Brie and identify with her, who would look at Aunt Pooh and say, "I see myself in that," and to understand yourself a little bit, a little bit better too. So yeah, that is why we read literature. I perspective would read, but I would suggest that if you haven't read this book and The Hate You Give, give them a go. They're great books to read. For sure. I feel like this is going to be a movie too, y'all. This one is. Probably. Back in the back somewhere, she thanked a movie studio. Mm. I remember seeing that and thinking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Do it. All right. Well, what else, y'all? What else have we been doing? You want me to start? I have been watching... You know you want to. Big, <laughs> big Little Lies. That wrapped up. Um, did you watch that second season, no. Caroline? No, I don't think I'm going to. Jenny, I know you did. So I watched that. And then um, I did not watch Veronica Mars when that came out in the early 2000s. And there's a new season, season four, that's come out. And I like Kristen Bell a lot. So I've been watching some of the old Veronica Mars. I haven't, I read, like I picked up John Grisham's book. I don't know, reading, I think I've said this in the last podcast. I just haven't. I don't know. Reading has been a little bit di- more difficult lately for some reason. My attention is not with it. So I've been watching some TV and movies. Yeah. Uh, I started Anna Claire watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Um, and that's, she seems to be liking those. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, ma'am. That's it. Jake's. Janine, what you been doing? You're always reading something, listening to something, reading something. Well, not necessarily. Some I go through my reading spells where I just can't do it. Um, but I have um, I recently have been looking at you know all the summer reading lists, and it's amazing to me how similar they all are this year. Like a lot of the summer reads suggested at the local bookstore and on at various from various publications all seem to be suggesting a very similar books and so um the weekend last weekend over uh when it was the anniversary of the moon launch the moon Mm -hmm. walk i uh read the summer of 69 by ellen hillett ellen Hildebrand? Hildebrand. I've never read one of hers before. I've always thought that they were maybe a little romancy for me. And I remember one time we were talking about Laura, Caroline and I were talking about Laura Hillenbrand, who wrote Seabiscuit. Yeah. And um, on Broken. And you had actually bought an Ellen Hillenbrand. Because they, what, I think I thought it was. The, the I can't person. remember what book. We thought it was. I can't remember, but I got confused. (laughs) So I've always been a little reluctant, but I I enjoyed it very much. It was, you know, easy historical fiction, you know, coming of age story of a girl at the time. What? (laughs) And um, so I enjoyed that. Uh, Jennifer Weiner has also been on a lot of these lists lately, and I, she's so known for her chiclet and I read about you know several of her books early on and then haven't for years read one um but I did pick up uh her most recent one 
and I'm enjoying it. <laughs> it's on a lot of those lists too, but the name is escaping me right this second. Y'all, when I went back and looked recently at the New York Times bestseller list, there's a bunch of books that we have potted about. Like Educated is the number one nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Where the Crawdads Sing is still way up there. People got to catch up with us. So where I like to look in the, what I have decided I like, where I like to look to see about if there's a book I want to read is in the New York Times underneath, in the book review on Sunday, underneath the bestsellers, there's a little editor's choice list and it will bring up snippets from reviews that they've done of books that they're not featuring this week, but it's like made it another week. Like we, like we're really recommending this one. Mm -hmm. And so I've been surprised by some of the ones in there and both of those books showed up in there. So little fires everywhere is getting a lot of press right now because it's about to be a TV show on Hulu with Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. I just rolled my eyes. Okay. <laughs> well, we read that book. That's I why know. I brought it up. No, I know. I wasn't rolling my eyes at you. I was rolling my eyes at that. That. It'll be lovely. I mean, it'll I'm look sure really it good. Mm-hmm. That's the one set in Shaker Heights, right? Yeah. So it'll be. It'll have a very certain aesthetic for sure. What's happening here, Caroline? Nothing. Okay. And then, other than that, other so those are the kinds of things that have been crossing my reading list. You watch lately. Big Little Lies. I watch Big Little Lies, and I hated every episode, and pretty much until the last one. Oh. Um. Okay. I mean, I can't. I just. I. I know. I get it. No I, one likes it. It's not. I've except for you, Holly. You just like no the one I've actresses. talked to likes I, it. I. A couple things. It it's no nowhere it compares to season one. So there is that, but it's still good acting. It's the storyline is so so, but I don't know. Maybe I just want to watch a mindless show. You watch whatever you want. Thank you. I'm not judging you. You I'm tell just... me what you've been doing then. I've been doing nothing, literally. You've been reading. No, that's just kidding. Yeah, I've been reading Tana French. Oh, that was my big project. I gave for you the like summer. five books, yeah. didn't I? <laughs> I've read four of them. Four Tana French in order, uh-huh. and after the fourth one. About halfway through the fourth one, I had figured it out. And so then I was like, okay, I'm done with Tana French now. Okay. Like, like I got her. I really enjoyed the first three. Uh-huh. And then you just kind of figure her out, like how she rolls. And so then I was like, mm, okay, I'm done with that. So, but I enjoyed them very much yeah. and all of that. Um, and I've read a lot of books this summer. Can't tell you any of them right now. Um I went to Barnes and Noble had a Barnes and Nobles Noble had a table like buy two get one free paperback fiction. So twice I went and did that and got books to read, you know. But just whatever was on the table, I yeah. don't even know, just stories that I thought looked good. So I've read a bunch of books, but nothing super notable, but I've I've enjoyed most everything. You've been listening to any, watching any TV shows? Hadn't listened to any podcasts. And um, TV shows. Oh, I'm re-watching all of the L Words. Okay. All seasons of the L Word because there's a new. They're, re- they're bringing really? the L Word back. Oh. Is that Showtime? HBO. HBO. But the, all the seasons are on Netflix. Okay. So... I'm re-watching all of those, so I'll be ready for the new L Word when it comes out. And I don't know when it comes out, but sometime this year, this coming year. Okay. So, I have been doing that, and um, and then I've been watching. 
I was debating whether I was going to admit this or not, but I like to watch Big Brother in the summer, so I've been watching Big Brother. Interesting that you should say that. You and our friend Pam. Well, (laughs) it's one of the things that Maggie will do with us. If we will watch Big Brother, she will come and hang out with us. And so we all have our opinions about all. And it was funny because the other day we were talking about it. And uh, we were watching it and kind of talking about who would be good at it. And everyone in my house agreed that you would be good at it, Miss Holly. I would? Like that you would oh. convince everybody that you were their friend at first and then you would just like win. Oh, yeah. That's probably true, actually. <laughs> You'd rally everybody into alliances. And then I, would be, I would be like um, Christy or one of those characters who were like crying all the time. That's, that would, would be my role. I totally. Think cry all the time. I think you'd be so mad at everybody. I would cry. I would would be a big I would definitely be a cast as a bitch and probably rightfully so and I would cry a lot you would win I my go I get my feelings hurt a lot the challenges. I would get my feelings hurt a lot but you would win would you? all of the challenges I have never seen not one episode of the show it's total trash it really is but I I am entertained by it so there was an article in people quality quality publication about the I had just said we I was watching it and I looked over at the couch and said to Emily after the three the camp comeback and the first and I was like those are all black and brown people did you notice and I said I'm not I don't think I'm saying anything of significance but I think there it is interesting and that almost always happens that oh well there have been a bunch of articles that have come out after that show about racial racial profiling and um the problems it it would be it's a fascinating psychological study that's one of the things i like about it is like anyway we the way people treat each other i missed a bunch in the middle so i missed the camp comebacks my kids especially the eight-year-old is the one who caught me up Mm -hmm. on what happened in those so i was very confused um and i was okay with that like i can well it's on three times a week so it's like it's a lot it's a big commitment um but after we watched the first two together and Greg and I were both like the first couple episodes they're sending both black people yeah yep. like and then when he didn't come back I, I it's know. all of the I, I mean even know the premise this the season they put a bunch of people in a house they live together and they, they record it all home. but then they put all these really weird rules in like all like how the society functions is based on all of these weird competitions and rules that don't make sense at all until someone spends an exorbitantly long time explaining them to you. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I literally have watched every season of it since it started, like for 20 years or something. I don't even know. But like, but they we're talking about those, the different um, vetoes that they had all won last yeah. night. And I was like, I don't understand. Well, it's not really, that's not really that important, actually. But it is, um, I think, <laughs> an interesting, like, so So all of the pretty white people, This it happens, it's the same every year. All of the pretty white people get together, say, we're together, and then pick off all of the black, brown, geeky overweight awkward overweight not pretty white older that that is what happens every year that's pretty much it so what are you saying that i'll be the leader of the all those white of the pretty white people (laughs) 
probably yeah i don't think that's what i had in mind no <laughs> that's um, where we've landed though oh, great <laughs> let's talk about what we're doing next wait but let me say this last <laughs> night after we watched it i did make maggie stay down for an extra and i was like put on pbs we're gonna watch whatever's on pbs something wholesome it's like an exorcism <laughs> we we watched some nature shows and first <laughs> we ended up it wasn't pbs but we ended up watching some shark thing and i was like this is not what i meant this is very violent turn it oh my God. i love you jakes all right so what we are happy. reading next we are going to read the lost girls of paris by pam janoff is that how you say it janoff J-E-N-O-F-F Yeah, that's what we're going to do Lost Girls of Paris And then after this one, I'm not reading any more books with girls in the title Girl or Girls So that's no longer woman, women, girl or girls Okay. Yeah, we didn't bring up the new word that I learned Bodong's Roman (laughs) That's why we didn't bring it up Like I learned I, the word. I gave you an opening for Danny it. Mall. She totally did. Well, did I know she, she that's what I, was I did. I knew she did it and I could not think of the word. Bill um, Roman. <laughs> There's a um, in a To Kill a Mockingbird uh, video by John Green. It, I think it's in the part one To Kill a Mockingbird John Green video. He talks about To Kill a Mockingbird building and building buildings Roman. And he then goes into all the great words we have from German. Mm-hmm. And it is so funny. Because Denouement. Denouement's French, French, right? Okay. But he, he, and he talks about like Vader, meaning father. Oh. And then the last one, I'm not going to tell you because I can't remember, but you should go look, watch the video or read the script of it because it is the funniest word. It's, it's, it's a word we don't have an equation for in English, and it's the best thing ever. But I can't remember what it is. Ich bin fertig für meine Reise. What? That what means I look forward to my vacation in German. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>